Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen? And so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 88, and tonight I am in all kinds of a time crunch. So we're having a bit of a time crunch episode. Why? Why? I'll tell you later. After the intro, hello, but this episode we're going to be taking a look at not one, not two, but three British films for the crapshoot let me just say one thing hail britannia more like fail britannia triple fail and also i'll be giving you a spoiler free little sneak preview review of the upcoming horror movie release you're next well you're not next but you know what is a promo and then the show and then fun and laughter and then crying because it's over and you're sad I got nothing. And go. The Ryan Case, 1874, is an interactive murder mystery in which you are the detective. Scour the streets, catch a killer, and have yourself a grand old time. Visit www.liveintheater.com or call 212-780-4787. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another fun-filled, if somewhat frantic, hectic episode. There's a lot going on. Uh, First of all, I have some... Major news. Uh, some of it good, some of it not so good. But the first thing is, I have to announce, uh, I'm back in the closet. No, not that closet, but a closet. Because, well, I'll explain. I just booked my first full-length audiobook narration contract. Yay! Yay! And it's all thanks to this show and Kelly Combrink and Brian Wolford for getting me started with their short stories and everything. And that's great and it's wonderful. However, it's a hell of a lot more work than I ever thought it was going to be. It's, it's, I'm under a deadline to get another, it's got to be done by the end of the month and I'm only one chapter in. What can I say? It's hard. But what does that mean about going back in the closet? Well, I'll tell you. I live in a, New York City apartment, duh. They're small, duh. It's really kind of hard to set up a decent sound booth to do your home recording in. I mean, I record the show all the time, but it doesn't have to be the same kind of pristine booth quality that an audiobook has to be. And plus, you guys like hearing the atmosphere. You like hearing the cats puttering around and the woman yelling in the schoolyard and Brad breaking wind and all that stuff. You love it. You love it. You know you do. But on an audiobook, not going to work. So the advice I was given was to convert your closet into a soundproof booth because clothes make a really, really good buffer. And I fenced it in with one of those little folding screen things and threw a blanket over the top of it. So, yes, so I'm recording this book sitting on the floor in the dark of my closet with my nook as the only light. It's very glamorous. 
And that is also why the sound quality of this particular episode is not up to snuff. Because, once again, I have to use Bradford's computer and Bradford's microphone. Because, well, my microphone is buried in the closet. And if I wait for Bradford to get out of bed so that I can go and work in the closet, well, gosh, we'll be waiting until Christmas till you get this episode. If you know what I mean. Bitchy thing to say, bitchy thing to say, but it's true, but it's true. But the book's fun. It's called Marilyn, and it's kind of like Christine, but erotic. Yeah, I'm doing erotica. It's got a whole supernatural thing, and it's actually pretty funny. I think you guys will like it when it finally comes on sale, and you will buy it. Because I'm working on residuals here, not residuals. Royalties, that's what I wanted to say. But that's not the point right now. So, like I said, this is eating into my time and my stress levels are very, 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 very high. Not just from this, but everything else that's going on. Because, you know, Brad's teeth, as I brought up in the past, that situation is not going anywhere yet. He got turned down from yet another hospital. And... uh I'm getting into panic mode, and on top of it, uh, I just got my new lease for my apartment, and they're raping us. Despite the fact that it's a rent-stabilized apartment, thanks to a little law that Bloomberg passed about two months ago, they can jack up the price, I think, 15%, so all of a sudden, my rent's going up $250, and I don't know how I'm going to be able to do it. They also didn't give us a lot of time to weasel out of anything, so... As Brad said, he looked at everything. He looked at our finances. We looked at the money. And he says, well, God, I guess we're going to jail. I said, okay, we're going to jail for, uh, all right. I thought about it and I said, okay. If we're going to jail, Bradford, I just want the world to know that Bradford will have the prettiest shower shoes of all. And, oh yeah, I did promise you guys some bad, bad news. Yeah, I have to go for surgery again on September 8th. Fun. Well, Christ, Patrick, what's wrong with you now? Well, shut up and I'll tell you. It's actually the same thing that was wrong two surgeries ago with my butt. Remember when I had to like sit around and soak my butt in a big pink safari helmet reading Justin Kurzweil's book, the slasher movie book? If you don't, too bad. Well, that happened. And then I had to get surgery, and then the doctor like said, oh, we're going to do surgery on this thing that's next to the thing that you have, because that's really more of a problem. And then I got in there, and I was like, oh, wait, this isn't what I thought it was. It was nothing. Well, hey, that first problem has still been sitting there, and up until last month, no one has been able to tell me what it is. I've been to doctor, to doctor, doctor. It's a thing right under my tailbone. Big red zit-like thing, but it won't go away. And I've heard that it's been everything. And... I've been going from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. And this is the problem with specialized medicine. Everybody thinks it's somebody else's problem. The proctologist said it's a dermatological problem. The dermatologist said, I don't really know about this. Why don't we send you to an infectious disease guy? The infectious disease guy sent me to somebody else, 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 to somebody else. And finally, I'm back at a dermatologist, another dermatologist this time, who took one look at it and said, oh. This is a pilonodial cyst, I believe it's called. It's basically just an ingrown hair, but it does have to be surgically removed. And 
the danger is, as was explained to me by my new doctor, Dr. Goldstein, he said, if it's growing up towards the tailbone, that's not a big deal. That's nothing. If it's growing the other direction, that could be a huge surgery and they have to put in some kind of drain thing and it sounds awful and it leaves a gigantic scar. So my butt is on the line, literally. Literally. So yeah, so I might be taking time off again. Butt-induced vacation. But we'll see about that. But we'll see about that, see? Yeah, so that was a stressful day. But you know what? I want to say this This is what happened. I'm going up, getting up that morning to go to see the surgeon. Now, we have been plagued this past month with birds that have taken nest in the tree outside of our window. It's lovely. There's the hoo-hoo bird who starts at about 6 in the morning. Hoo-hoo. Hoo-hoo. I remember the first time he woke me up, I said, oh, it's nice. It's such a kind of forlorn sound. It's kind of pretty. And after about two hours, I'm like, shh, I'm going to get a rock. Somebody hit that bird with the rock. Now, of course, as you can imagine, Sebastian Cat and Tyler Puss are extremely fond of the hoo-hoo bird. So there's always drama when the hoo-hoo bird is around until about a week ago, well, a week before I went to the doctor, I should say, when hoo-hoo bird was joined by peep-peep bird. Peep-peep-peep-peep. Peep-peep-peep-peep. peep peep Yeah, so for two hours every morning we get hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-
Oh, well, everybody's heard about the bird. Bradford, I'm going to kill you. That's going to be stuck in my head all damn day. Thanks a lot, jerk face. And indeed, it was. So now we're in the doctor's office, and it's really very strange. This, It's the basement place, but it's very lovely. I mean, very kind of artsy and high-end, but it's also really kind of creepy and cold. And I don't mean temperature cold, just like cold and dead quiet. You know, like no music or anything. So we're, just, we're having conversations like this loud and stuff. And, you know, kind of communicating with pointing and stuff because, you know, it just felt like a church. And so I'm reading my book and I felt something in my ear. I thought it was a bug. I go to swat it. It's Bradford's earbud. Dead quiet, and I'm trying to beat him senseless with the magazine as quietly as possible. So we go in to see the doctor, who turns out is very cool. He's a young guy, also gay, and because you know it's great going to New York, we just say, "I would like a gay doctor, please." No, it's just just a plus. I don't know why he would need such a thing, but it's it's just nice to know since my butt's gonna be in the air. That it won't be the first time anyone had to deal with something like this. Anyway, not the point right now. Stop thinking about my butt in the air. Okay, so let me talk about my butt some more. <laughs> he's, he takes a look and he explains the whole thing. And he's drawing a little diagram of what the, basically what I just told you about. It might go this way, it might go this way. So he draws like, okay, he's like a half circle, half circle. He's like, these are your hips. And he draws a circle that's about the size of a quarter. He goes, this is your butthole. And then he draws this other little circle, tiny, tiny circle that's about the head of a pin. He's like, and this is your cyst. Now you see, if the hair is growing this way up here towards your tailbone, it could be, you know, it's no big deal. But if it's growing down towards your butthole, and I'm like, why is my butthole so big? Like the 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 buttocks are just they're like it's bigger than the buttocks. What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? It felt like that episode of Buffy. I think it was Hush. You know where Giles like was doing his little slide show, and there was that picture of Buffy, and her hips were really big, and she was like, ah. I just did the thing, and that's what I felt like, and I was really hurt. So now he's like, okay, let's get back, get you back up on the table, get your butt up in the air so I can drain this a little bit, which we're doing. And so now I'm on the thing. My pants are down around my ankles. It's one of those 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 tables. So now I'm up in the air, and it's all angled. So I'm feeling, yeah, like, hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome to my butt. He's like, okay, I'm just putting on some gloves and I'm going to inject a little Novocaine right here. Okay, blah, 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 da, da, da. And all right, I'm just going to start squeezing it. And you're probably going to feel a little pressure right about now. Fucking Bradford did it again. He put his earbuds in both of my ears, and the doctor knew about it. Him and the doctor were in on it. And the doctor's laughing, he's laughing, and I go leaping off the table, and I'm chasing Bradford around the room. Now you have to understand, my pants are still around my ankles, so I'm doing this shuffle run. And I'm thinking, looking at the poor doctor going, I bet you never expected that this appointment this morning, your first appointment of the day, would turn into some kind of bizarre Benny Hill sketch. So yeah, I can't even go to the doctor without it being a comedy act. 
So like I said, it's just been a high stress time. And plus, you know, my regular duties at the Jekyll and High Club and uh, the Ryan case, it's just been a lot. But I've been watching stuff and I've been thinking about you guys and I have to get an episode out to you guys because you deserve it. So I'm going to do what I can to keep you entertained, as I always do. Wow, that sounded egotistical, but let's face it, I do, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be coming back, right? Of course, right. So, I don't think there's much else to say to get... Oh, yes, there is. I want to give a very big thank you to Tommy Morningstar. Tommy from Toronto. For my third anniversary present, as many of you remember, last episode was my third anniversary show, and I was very happy to get a ding-dong from the UPS man who delivered a little box from Amazon that contained Crystal Lake Memories. The Complete History of Friday the 13th. And that is wicked cool, sir. Wicked cool. I have not cracked into it yet because I'm just not going to do that until I finish this book. That'll be my reward when I finish Marilyn to sit down and start leafing through that wonderful book. And you are the sweetest, Tommy. I don't know how I'm going to repay you. I can make a list, though. (laughs) So dirty. So dirty. Okay, so uh, I really think that's it for the chatter. Wish I had more to say, but I don't. So let's get into the show proper with the crapshoot coming up right after this. Hold on to your pampers, bitch asses. It's time for the crapshoot. Paul. 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 So, for those of you who are new to the show, the crapshoot is the segment of the program where I dive headfirst into the vast sea of direct-to-DVD horror movie releases in search of that diamond in the shit pile. Did I find it this week, or did I not? Well, I'm going to start with a movie, since I got a few lined up. I am going to start with a British movie called Hollow. No, that's not them saying, hello, you know, like, hello, like a hole, like the script, if there is a script, whatever, let's just take a listen to the trailer. Hello, 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 Bernie. Okay, I gotta tell a story later, but I'll tell it later. Okay, listen to the trailer, trailering, trailer, now. This is East Anglia Police, final scene of crime assessment. The bodies were found hanging here. Emma, wave to your mum. Yeah, where we are. That tree used to terrify me as a kid. My mum has a really creepy story about it. What have you found? This is what really freaks me out. They hang themselves. After a spate of suicides in 1983, the local parish was requested to perform an exorcism. It's not something I and the community discuss. The legend just romanticizes some horrific events. Scott, give me the camera. Have fun for your holy water. Oh. Oh, God. We need to go. We need to go. We need to go. Go! Go! Go!
So the hollow is the story of these two couples that go out into the English countryside to close up somebody's grandfather's house who has just died, blah, 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 blah. On the way, they run afoul of an evil tree. Yeah, an evil tree. This movie's terrible. Terrible. There is virtually nothing to recommend about this movie, except if you like whiny girls and ugly shoes. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what that means. I'll tell you what that means. Because this is a found footage film. Isn't that original? Great. Now, right off the bat, they tell you exactly what's going to happen. The movie opens and they say, yes, we found four young people who have committed group suicide, hanging themselves from the branches of the evil tree. And then we meet four people. And we, okay, I'm like, I, I, we all know where this is going. You're all going to hang yourselves at the end it's just a question of when why and how well maybe these people will be interesting and i will care about them mm, nope this movie is a this one bitch movie to the nth degree now okay new listeners what the hell does that mean a this one bitch movie means that everything bad that happens is because of this one bitch there's this one bitch in the script who did something or saw something and you know, whatever, who does stupid things or makes a stupid choice, and everybody dies except this one bitch. It's nobody else's fault but this one bitch, but everybody else pays the price except this one bitch. Whose fault? It all is. So that's what a one bitch movie is. Yeah, this girl, whoever grandfather died, she goes out there and as soon as she gets there, she's like, oh, I've always been terrified of that tree. And she drags all of her friends out, out there repeatedly. She keeps finding out more and more bad things about the tree, but still we keep going out to the tree. Stop going out to the tree, bitch. And whenever she has the camera, because mostly it's her boyfriend, no, somebody, oh, whoever, it's some other guy who's weird in the group. You know, he's the weirdo, and who cares? But, you know, he's got the camera most of the time. But whenever she's got the camera, instead of pointing ahead of her, she likes to shoot her own feet. So unless you got a fetish for... <laughs> unless you have a fetish for really, really ugly shoes, this movie is not for you. I mean, when I got to the part, I'm just, when I'm just, all I could see was her shoes. And, you know, I'm not that kind of gay. I mean, I'm gay, but I'm not that gay that I, like, obsess about shoes. But, you know, if you're going to keep putting them... In the camera, if you're insisting on focusing the camera on them because you're in control of what's being shot, wear some decent shoes. Not something that you took out of your grandmother's closet and your grandmother got it on sale at clearance and paid less. Come on. Get it together, girl. And to top it all off, she just cries. The whole movie, she cries and she whines. And she's got one of these British accents. I can't really do it, but it's one of those really thick, wet ones. You know, you could just feel saliva just dripping all over it. She's always whining, calling for one of the boys. So, you know, 90% of the dialogue in this movie. Okay, I'm not doing the accent well anymore. It's just this girl running around going, James! James! Scott! Scott! James! Scott! James! James! Scott! Ugly shoes. 
die. Please. And when the shit finally goes down, it's like, well, that was nothing. So there's no scares, no laughs, no interesting characters, a pretty creepy looking tree. But aside from that, no need, not even her backstory particularly. Who cares? Fuck the hollow. Fuck you, UK, for dumping this shit on me, okay? Because you guys are in trouble enough this week, okay? You're in trouble enough. And this was a terrible, terrible, terrible way to start. And what was the story I was going to tell you? Oh, this is really stupid. This is the thing Bradford and I do all the time. When I was in high school, we had a cousin from Ireland come and live with me. Her name was Bernie. Her and her husband, Basil, now own a very, very successful chain of takeaways in Ireland. But that's at the point. And my friend Terry from high school at the time, Terry Randall, used to hate calling the house because she would always be diving on the phone thinking that Basil would be calling her. And she had this really high voice. So whenever she, <laughs> he used to do this imitation of her, she'd pick up the phone and be like, hello, hello, who's this? Oh, hello, this is Bernie, Bernie from Ireland. Hello, hello, Basil, Basil, is that you, Basil? It's me, Bernie, Bernie, I love you, I love you, Basil. I miss you so much. Hello, hello, is anyone there? Hello, hello. But that's not this movie, this is the hollow, not the hello. If it was the hello, I would have been more amused. James. Scott, James, kill me. Okay, next up on the shitty British movie list is a movie called Truth or Die. Trailer, now, enthusiasm lacking. One year down at uni and we're all still breathing. Truth or death? Hi there. We've uh, we've come for the party. We're friends of Felix. We want the keeper's cabin. You'll have to follow the track through the woods about half a mile. Hi, Felix's brother. Ding dong. So there's no pie. I've got a better idea. <laughs> one's tap water, one's battery acid. Truth or dare? Okay, so at least it's not found footage, but this movie is torture porn. Are we still doing torture porn? Is that still a thing? I realize, you know, you Brits are in a different time zone, but I thought you were ahead of us here, not lagging five years behind, because, man, this has got your rich prep school assholes. The cooler than cools, the richer than riches, who do nothing really, it seems, but party and do lots and lots of drugs and hate on people. They have a party, a costume party. They pick on the loser. They play a game of truth or dare, which unfortunately has deadly consequences because the boy winds up killing himself at the end of the night. Now, blah, 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 years later, they're invited to some birthday party, I think. 
Anyway, the kid's humiliated and blah, 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 blah. Now we fast forward. I don't know how long, but, you know, these kids haven't changed. They're still assholes. They get invited to a party at this kid's, the, the ostracized kid's country castle thing. And it turns out, oh, oh, it's not a party. Well, it is, but only there on the guest list. So it's still, they go and they take lots of drugs. They're obnoxious. And the guy's brother is actually throwing the party because it turns out that guy, the kid, killed himself or hung himself, I should say. And now this is all about revenge. And he makes them play truth or dare, but with deadly consequences. <sighs> there ain't nothing new here. There ain't nothing new here at all. Not a single character to root for. Not even the villain. Everybody's obnoxious from start to finish, and it doesn't even do anything new. I don't know what you're going to do that's new, but it's really similar to that movie I've never reviewed here. I keep talking about, uh, what the hell was it called? Would You Rather, the American movie with Brittany Snow and the dude from Reanimator whose name escapes me. And that was pretty much the same thing. It was more torture porn that's way too late and <laughs> boring and ridiculous. And what makes this one worse is that there's a huge dose of homophobia in it which I did not appreciate at all, at, like, justified homophobia. Yeah, they justified it. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Homophobia was used as a threatening point and drove someone to do something awful. I said, that's, that's terrible. And, spoiler, the girl who survives is the biggest bitch of the bunch. She's um, a lookalike for what's-her-ass from the craft, craft. What the, the craft, I can't speak. Feruzabalk. Feruzabalk. That's what I'm thinking of. She looks like, you know, Feruzabalk. And hello, that year, that look is what? 20 years old, almost? 1996, the craft? Yeah, so good. Good, Britain. Good. So thank you for putting more rich, pretentious assholes in our lap. I don't care. I don't care. This is why we had to kick your guys' asses in 1776. If, you, if I knew that you guys were going to be making me watch these awful movies back to back, as representation of your country, I would have made sure we kicked your ass even harder because truth or fuck you. That's what this movie should have been called. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, the final movie on the British Suckfest list is Storage 24, 25, 26. I don't know. It's some I think it's 24. I don't care. Do you care? I don't care. Trailer. Well, he definitely scratched it. He broke the glass. There's a metal shutter outside. So what do we do now? Hello!
All right, so I think you got it all from the trailer. There's people trapped in a storage unit, one of those mass storage units with some kind of man-eating creature thing. Well, what makes this the worst? I'll tell you what makes it the worst because it had a lot of potential. I think storage facilities are terrifying, especially the ones here in the city. I don't know how they are elsewhere, but there's one I'm thinking of that aside from everything looking like it's a maze. So I've been helping people move in or move out and, you know, go out to go find the restroom or the elevator and gotten hopelessly lost because it wasn't set out in a grid or anything like that. Oh, laundry's ready. Ding dong. Ding dong. Ding dong. Anyway, back to the story. Uh, and it's not really utilized very well. And my big problem is the guy who's the lead. Now, evidently, he's from Doctor Who. I don't remember his name. It seems to be going for a Shaun of the Dead vibe, too, because he's supposed to be like this, you know, big kind of bumbling loser guy who's trying to get his girlfriend back. But there's something about him that's really kind of scary and unlikable and kind of um, abusive the way he treats her and the way he seems to think that he owns her, that I'm not rooting for him and really for his girlfriend because I really don't see what he sees in her because, I mean, aside from her bad attitude, she's got this weird look. She kind of looks like an anime character come to life because she's got this teeny tiny mouth with a great big moose jaw and no tits. So that's what I refer to her as. I turn, I refer to her as tiny mouth, huge jaw, no tits. And they're horrible for each other. And the special effects are eh. When it's not ripping off Shaun of the Dead without the humor or heartwarmingness, it's ripping off Alien. I mean, this thing is even running around in the air vents. And there's that scene, there's a scene where the monster is confronting tiny mouth, big jaw, no tits. And it's got her pinned up against the wall, and it's actually that shot, that famous shot from Alien 3, where the alien is sniffing Sigourney Weaver's face while she's like, <sighs> This movie sucks. Britain sucks. The whole island should just sink. Get Woody off the island and sink it. Or just get Woody off in general. Woof. I didn't say that. That was a gross thing to say. Yeah, UK, you guys suck. I can't, I can't even muster any energy for these movies. It's really that bad. And also because it's like 5,000 degrees in here and I have to use Bradford's computer again and that never makes me happy. You're not making me happy, UK. You're making my situation worse. The royal baby's ugly. There, I said it. Ha, 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 ha. And finally, kids, it's our main feature for the week, which is a spoiler-free sneak preview look at the brand new horror movie, You're Next. Let's take a listen to the trailer. I just want you all to know how much it means to us that you're all here. Thanks to mom and dad. Beautiful. Just a perfect day. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy food and help us to do our part with kind words and loving deeds. Amen. Amen. It gets dark, we go home. Is that?
Now, as usual, I got to go to a very advanced screening of this for free, courtesy of Rich and the Dark Side Horror Movie Meetup Group. And if you're in New York City and you haven't joined yet, for the love of God, what are you waiting for? It's $15 for the year, and you get so many free screenings, you earn your money back in one visit. Plus, you get parties and things and things and other things and stuff. All kinds of crazy stuff goes on at the Dark Side. But are we talking about them right now? No. We're talking about your next. Now, we've all seen the trailer by now. Yes, yes, yes. Good. I saw the trailer and I said, I don't know if I'm really up for another home invasion movie. Because it looks a hell of a lot like The Strangers. And the poster looks like The Purge. And I don't know. It just looks mean and ugly. Well, I couldn't have been more wrong. The movie is crazy fun. It's got a wickedly black sense of humor. Not in a way that diminishes what's going on. Like the, the, the gore and stuff. It's not, haha, that person just died horribly. No. No, 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 no. It's, it's, I'm trying to think how to describe it. First of all, like, you know the basic plot. You can get it from the commercial. It's this family weekend thing. It's very, very rich, very, very snooty, very, very obnoxious family are gathering for the parents' 30th anniversary when they're beset upon by mysterious people who seem to want to kill them all. And the fun lies in, first of all, this family, as I said, is obnoxious. And you think, oh boy, I'm going to enjoy watching these people get killed. But when it starts getting down to it, you really kind of don't. I mean, you do, it's, but it's not the, oh, uh, good, he's dead kind of feeling that you get in other movies. This was, wow, that was terrible. And, oh my gosh, these poor parents. You know, watching their, their, their kids die. How awful. Yet, in the midst of this, they have introduced one of the best horror movie heroines I have seen in I don't know how long. One of the sons has brought his new girlfriend to meet his family for the first time, and she has got a lot of surprises in store. It's a lot of fun. She's a lot of fun. The movie's a lot of fun. I cannot recommend it more. Plus, you get a nice little uh, cameo from Barbara Crampton, you know, from The Reanimator and, you know, from Beyond and all those other things. And I was like, oh, look at her. She's great. She's the mom. Um, I think you'll like it. I, I, would, I would say don't believe the hype. You know, that it's the scariest thing you're ever going to see because it's not. But it is a really, 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 really fun and exciting movie. It had me on the edge of my seat in a fun way, in a roller coastery kind of way. And I think you'll like it. This wasn't my best review of anything. But you know what? I'm really struggling. You guys, I... I say I try to keep it real here, but I have had come very close to a nervous breakdown this week. Um, I don't think I've ever been under this much stress from this many different angles, and they're unrelenting, and I'm not in a jolly mood. And I would like to be. Because I like, you know, you guys cheer me up. And I just find I don't have anything to say this week. And that makes me sad. But it's not you. 
It's me. That sounds like a breakup line. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Just this show is rough. Regardless, I hope, even though maybe it wasn't the most entertaining of shows that have given you some good advice of what to steer clear of and things to go see. And um, there's not going to be any voicemail this week. I don't know if I said that earlier. However, we have a little, very, a little special visit from Owen Robertson, who has something to pimp out right about now. So, oh my God, Owen Robertson, what do I owe the pleasure of this call? Well, I just thought I would kind of self-promote on your show, if you don't mind. Absolutely. That's what my show is for. It's for comedy, bringing people together, and for people making complete whores out of themselves. Oh, good. Did you say horrors or whores? Or both? Both, actually. What the heck? Let's go. With, <laughs> if we went there, let's go there. Well, there's, there, there's nothing either horror or – well, I guess there are whores – in this, but it's my um, new uh, musical that is premiering at the New York International Fringe Festival this Saturday. Oh, hey. And I just thought um, some of your listeners would be interested, if they're in the New York area, to come and see. Of course, of course, of course. Well, what's it about, sir? Uh, it, is, it is a specula- speculative um, fiction based on historical fact. Uh, about William Shakespeare on uh, his midlife writing. Okay. Um, basically, um, it's a mystery. There's been a mystery why he all of a sudden started writing sonnets and wrote it for, and wrote them all in a burst. And um, okay, hold on a second. What is that? Sure. Do you hear what that? What is what? Uh, I think a plane just went by. Okay. On my end. That's what I'm hearing. All right. So that's okay. Just sure. keep going. It's fine. So anyway, uh. He's writing sonic sonnets in a burst, such in a burst, burst that it sounds a sudden, like a plane going by. It's amazing. Exactly. And um, so during this time, uh, he was involved with a mysterious dark lady who he never mentioned her identity. It was a Ooh. possible um, mistress of another man in court, so he never wanted to identify her. Okay. There's also at this time speculation that he had a bisexual affair with uh, the young Earl of Southampton, who uh, became his patron and producer. Um, so this is a actually was a, written in 2007 in Sweden. It was a big hit over there. There aren't a lot of new musicals over there, and I have actually written an <laughs> okay. American translation. Okay, well, I, I, I never figured the Swedish language to be very musical, except if you're the Swedish... I do have to say that Jan Eric really is appreciating hearing his words. Jan Eric is the composer. I figured. His words in English. Swedish. Okay, good, good. <laughs> and um, it's, uh, it's uh, six of um, uh, Shakespeare's sonics especially the most famous one, shall, shall I uh, compare you to a summer's day? If you like, are, sure. Oh, oh, that's the name right. of the sonnet. Never mind. I get it yes. now. I'm with you. <laughs> and um, six of them have been set to gorgeous music. Um, plus, we've uh, augmented the sc- I've augmented the score with Jan Eric with five actual uh, musical theater book numbers. Um, what's okay. interesting in the show is the orchestra is all strings. I've never had Ooh. a show done without a piano. Okay. But it's uh, two violins, a, a viola, and a cello played by um, recent graduates, gorgeous, four gorgeous young women 
um, from Juilliard. They also uh, take turns at being witches and various members of the troupe. Okay. And they're wonderful and gorgeous, and uh, they make really beautiful music. Okay, so you never told me the name of the piece? William. William. Yes. It's called William. Okay, so it sounds like there's beautiful poetry, sex scandals, mystery. Exactly. Bisexual sex Bisexual, scandals. well, yes, that's okay. <laughs> Bisexual sex scandals. Exactly. Mystery and mirth and merriment? Exactly. Lots of mirth and merriment. Excellent. And, well, and a Swedish star of the Swedish stage. <gasps> is it Elkie Summer? Yes. It that is. would be amazing. <laughs> it's Elkie Summer. That's William Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't know if she's Swedish. <laughs> she's Swedish now. Okay, good. Okay. No, yeah, I, Jonas Irby is the actor, and he is wonderful. Jonas Irby. And very yes. compelling, yes. Uh-huh. But I would, uh, I would love people to come see it. It really is. A, it, it really is. Uh, it's really coming together. We are, we've been rehearsing for the last two weeks, okay. and it's okay. really going to be delightful. Wonderful, I'm really wonderful, proud wonderful. And uh, when is it running? It runs. It opens this Saturday at two forty-five in the afternoon, which is uh, typical fringe. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's like, <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, the Fringe Festival is a festival of like over two hundred plays within what two weeks, three weeks, yes, exactly. Something crazy like that. So the schedules are really crazy. So if you're interested in going to see William, the easiest thing to do would be to visit the website, which is www.fringenyc.org. Okay, and then. Click on uh, shows and then click on W and scroll down to William and the venue, which is where it's playing, and the five performance dates and times are right there for you. Okay, well, that sounds very exciting, Owen. Thank you very much for calling in with this hot scoop. Well, thank you so much for letting me promote. Fantastic. We'll have to go to the movies very soon, sir. Please. Okay, you have a great evening. You too. Okay, bye-bye now. Okay, kids, when I start getting morose, it is time to wrap this puppy up for another week. Um, even though we didn't have any voicemail or any listener stuff this week, if you would like to get in contact with me, by all means, you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com, and that's Queens with a Z. Or you can call me at 347-767-3509. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. And you know what else I discovered this week that I have to get Mr. Brad on? I keep telling you guys, hey, head on over to the page and donate to the show. We run on listener support. Yardy, 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 yardy. Well, I don't know how it happened, but our donate button has disappeared over time. I blame Bradford. Well, actually, I do blame Bradford because it's his fault. He's in charge of that sort of thing. We used to have one, and now we don't. So I'm sure all of you were just lining up to shovel money towards the show. But if you were, I'm sorry. And as always, heading on over to the iTunes store and writing a review or giving some stars is always free and helps the show enormously because there's that algorithm thing that they use and they figure out how they're going to advertise the show based on what you guys are saying and leaving. And that would be a huge boon. I have no idea what we're doing next time. Yeah, that's it. I have no idea what we're doing next time, but I'm sure whatever it is, it's going to be more fun. I'll be having more fun than I'm having right now. So until next time, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, 
as my grandmama used to say. Stop your whining, boy. You're crabbier than I was when I'd get my time of the month. You know, before my eggs all shriveled up and died. Now eat your omelet. Bye. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com. Bitches! <laughs>